0: This is Let Your Voice Be Heard, right here on WHCR, 92.3 fm the voice of Harlem. I'm sorry. What you sorry for, girl? I have somebody who should be very sorry. His name is Governor Rick Snyder. We are back. This is <laughs> sorry, Let- he's not going to cut it. He
1: should be very fired. No, he yeah.
0: should be... Right, but... <laughs> very arrested. Very arrested. Agreed. Um, so guys, we are back. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. My name is Selena Hill. I'm here again with Alyssa Fuchs, Jackie Cohen, and Stanley Fritz on the PC 1s and 2s and answering the phone line. So we when we have a lot of callers, we thank you, but it puts Stanley to work. It's so Stanley St- is doing a great job. Stanley jeggings, for those of you who don't know. <laughs> yeah. you know and he's rocking the jeggings. i
1: being sexually harassed.
0: Well, you deserve it. I'm just kidding, guys. Whoa. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Whoa.
2: It's it's me. Rev- the bombshell. Whoa. Need to keep that on. Everybody, queue. calm down. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So. You know, I opened up saying that Governor Rick Snyder should be very sorry. Um, if you happen to have listened to our show last week or are one of the subscribers on our podcast, then you may know that last week we spoke to Detroit-based activist Valerie Jean about the man-made water fiasco in Flint, Michigan, which has poisoned the community's drinking water. So today we're going to continue that conversation about the ongoing crisis and talk about how this country's community has been plagued by betrayal, Hardship and scandal from their own government. So as we mentioned last week, the drinking water in Flint was first contaminated with lead, toxic levels of lead, in April 2014 after a state-appointed emergency manager decided to start using the Flint River as a water supply in order to save money. So apparently this decision was made either without any testing at all to see if the Flint River water was actually safe for drinking and for bathing, or if they did do any testing, then they simply ignored the fact that the water was contaminated, right? So it's funny because there's this local pastor, his name is Pastor Bobby Jackson. He runs a homeless shelter in Flint, and I was reading an article where he was talking about how he grew up eight houses away from the Flint River, and one of his favorite tricks was to take water from the river, put it in a bottle, put some dry ice in it,
3: mix it up, and watch it explode. That's how toxic this water has been for decades. Well, just to give you some background on that and just not to cut in totally on you, the auto industry used the Flint River as their dumping grounds for heavy metals and other chemicals for, like, you know... Years and years and years and years before the auto industry left Flint, back to Selena.
0: No, that is absolutely right. Thank you for that, Alyssa. And it just goes to show that this was common knowledge to a certain large degree in the Flint community. Um, and the Flint residents knew better. Apparently, state appointed officials didn't. Um, so it wasn't long after they, they did, did know. Alyssa's like, they did. They did. So apparently, um, after. April 2014, when they started using the Flint, the Flint River, uh, a lot of community members started complaining. They said that the water coming from their faucet looks like urine, has a nasty taste, a nasty smell. And some people were even coming out the showers with burns on their bodies. Okay, this is this is, again, toxic waters coming from their faucets. And guess how the government responded? They were like, oh, no, it's safe. And I quote, relax. It's yeah. all good. Yeah.
2: It's like, you're acting crazy. Stop <laughs> being so crazy. Just calm down. Just calm down. <laughs> Sounds familiar.
0: No, it, it really <laughs> does not like familiar. a bad boyfriend. Yeah. It's like, stop being so hysterical, ladies, right? Yeah. Basically, yeah. that was the sentiment. And it wasn't until an independent research study was conducted in early 2015 that it was discovered there were elevated levels of toxic lead in children's blood. Mm. And... This is something that causes irreversible damage, um, behavior problems, learning disabilities. It can even cause a reduced memory. Um, it's something that harms children, especially people who ha- or people who are very vulnerable to sickness, illness, et cetera, et cetera. So after the study came out, Governor Rick Snyder, he waited a little bit, then he finally was like, okay, we're going to switch the water supply from the the, uh, Flint River back to Lake Huron in um, Detroit, and this happened in October 2015. He's also been trying to sort of keep the community quiet by distributing free water bottles and free water filters. Um, But even that hasn't been going so well because, as we learned last week, some of the Flint residents have gone days or even up to a week without any clean water. Horrible, horrible. So since then, federal authorities have actually launched an investigation to look into the water contamination. Uh, Snyder actually declared a state of emergency. He's also uh, petitioned President Obama to get involved and send some federal aid his way. He has. Um, As of yesterday as of yesterday thank you and the state the uh, the state lawton investigation as well to see if any laws were broken so you may be asking how can oh oh and and last but not least this is the good part the water contamination may have actually led to the outbreak of Legionnaire's disease, which caused 10 people's deaths. Okay? And
3: many other people to be sick. I mean, Legionnaire's right. disease is a waterborne illness. A lot of right. people don't realize that. Uh, I mean, we had a, a and Legionnaire's outbreaks do, uh, do happen from time to time. In the Bronx. We had one right here in the Bronx last year, but it was a very small and contained outbreak because they were able to figure out that it was coming from the water tanks in some of these buildings, and they were able to isolate which one it was, and they were able to deal with it before it turned into a major health crisis here in the city. Whereas in Flint, I mean, it's, you know, they're not able to rectify the water situation. It's not isolated to just one or two water towers in the Bronx in certain buildings. I mean, we are talking, Governor Rick Snyder requested the declaration from the president, which the president signed on Saturday, uh, saying that the federal government needed to step in because the um, emergency measures that needed to be taken far exceeded the stakes capability. Uh, people are saying that this could cause Forty-one million dollars to fix, um, and he basically sent a letter to the president saying that um, you know Flint is an impoverished area and that now they are being overwhelmed by this crisis um, because and you know Flint has a population of uh, almost about a hundred thousand people. 99, so ninety-nine thousand. So I mean, and and the other thing about this, which really bothers me, um, and I just want to get it in here before we get our activist in on the phone because I definitely want to hear what she has to say, which is you know these. Republican governors are constantly making a thing about the president and about the federal government. The federal government spends too much money. The deficit, the deficit, the debt, the debt, the debt. And then they say, you know, then in their own states they're like, we're going to cut taxes, we're going to not spend any money, and then they have a crisis like this where they're literally poisoning the people because they were trying to save some money uh, because of fiscal conservatism, and now they're going running, crying back to the federal government going, please give us some money, we really need some money. Oh, but then on the other hand, I bet you like, you know, three weeks from now, Governor Snyder will like endorse some Republican candidate, saying, the deficit's too high. Well, you know, maybe if you handled your state own affairs, And you didn't have to come constantly crying to the federal government for federal aid, then the federal government wouldn't have to spend as much money to cover your behind.
1: And just one more fun fact before Selena continues, they're charging residents for the water bottles and those filters.
2: And many people can't afford that, so they are... Forced to just continue drinking water, and it turns into a, a much bigger socioeconomic issue. Where the people that are going to be the made the most sick from this are the poorest, low income
1: families. And will be clear, they're also charging residents for that 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 dirty water they've been drinking. They're, it's they're, about they're, 150 yeah. a hundred
0: and fifty a month. Yeah. Um, I mean, they actually charge the residents actually charge one of the highest prices for water in the country. So you may be asking, how can all of this go on in America? Well. More than 40% of the population in Flint are under the poverty level, 30% are illiterate, its violent crime levels are among the highest in the country, and of course, it's nearly two per, um, excuse me, two-thirds black. Again, so we've spoke about issues of environmental racism and injustice, and as I said last week, when it comes to things that plague and hurt Americans, black and brown people, especially of low means, feel it the most, and they feel it first. Uh, We have on the line with us a very special guest. Her name is Naira. Um, Sharif, and she can correct me if I said her name wrong, she is the co-founder and the coordinator of the Flint Democracy Defense League, which was founded back in 2011 following the appointment of Flint's first emergency manager. The Flint Democracy League is also a member of the Coalition for Clean Water, which is a grassroots coalition of organizations uh, banded together to fight against the state cover-up to learn the truth about what is in these waters. Good afternoon, Iria. I'm so sorry. Can you just Say your name for us, Naira Sharif. Naira Sharif. Um, so again, as I mentioned, she is a doing phenomenal work in Flint on the ground as a community organizer. I wanted to just start by having you brief our listeners who may have missed our last show or may not have heard um, our or, or, or may have not heard the podcast about what is going on in Flint. How how was it that from my understanding, um, the community went seventeen months without any action being taken from state officials, and um, yeah, why did it take so long?
4: Well, it was there's two reasons, and it's Rick Snyder and the emergency manager law. Because with the emergency manager, you have an unelected bureaucrat that's appointed by the state that takes over two branches of local government, and all actions and all decisions. He has to approve. So once the city of Flint moved over, the emergency manager decided that Flint was going to use the Flint River as our drinking water source. And it has been just bold from day one. We've had E. coli outbreaks or oil advisories. We had trihalomethanes, which is a violation of the Safe Water Drinking Act. We had lead contamination. And now this newest outrage is the Legionnaire's disease that people have been um, diagnosed with and 10 people have unfortunately lost their lives to.
0: Again, guys, if you are just tuning in, we are speaking with Naira Sharif about the Flint man-made water fiasco in Michigan, and she is calling from Flint um, right there on the ground.
3: Alyssa, did you want to add in something? Yeah, yeah. I wanted to make sure that people are understanding that we are talking about America. This is Flint, Michigan. This is one of our own cities. These are our own people. We are spending millions and millions of dollars to fight, uh, you know, or to bomb people overseas, millions of dollars, two-thirds of our budget is going to the military in in the federal government's budget. I don't know what two-thirds of Michigan's budget is going to, but it's clearly not going to support the people of Michigan or at least the poor, low-income people of color that live in Flint um, because, clearly, I think, like... That has gotten lost in this conversation that we are not talking about a third world country. We are talking about one of our, our own people right here. And it, as always, and it's a line that Tupac said, we have money for war, but we can't feed the poor. And apparently we can't give them clean water either, but we're going to charge them a lot of money for it. But on that note, I actually had a question. Uh, but I think Selena wanted to jump in. Yeah, there.
0: yeah, I did. So, um, Nayira, can you talk to us, has there been any improvements in the community or to the water since the National Guard actually stepped in to distribute the water bottles and since Governor Snyder declared a state of emergency um, in the past couple of days?
4: No, there, there has really been no inaction because even though Snyder um, activated the National Guard, we have eight. To help deliver water and I want to clarify this is not water that the state has paid for this is water that has been coming in across the country because people are outraged that we don't have access to clean drinking water
0: well, so are oh, I'm sorry are so are you saying that the state is not even putting funding towards providing the community residents with clean water and that basically you guys are just taking charity and volunteers um, who are giving the water
4: Yes, this is water that they're dis- they're distributing now, you know, in the community, but even that is outrage because people, when you go to the fire stations to pick up water, you're limited to either one gallon jug of water or one case of water per day.
2: Wow. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that when people hear about this, I mean, this is not something new that communities are being affected by, whether it's the government or industry coming in um, to drill for for natural gas. We see this a lot where people can no longer use their drinking water. And this is such a pervasive issue because it affects you know every part of your core being, right? So think about, especially in New York, where we have extremely uh, clean drinking water, how difficult it would be if you couldn't just go home and turn on your faucet and wash Wash your hands, or have a glass of water to drink, or cook a pot of pasta, or something, or take a shower. You know, like this is a major issue, and a gallon of drinking water being distributed is not enough to um, sufficiently fill that need. So, this is. Um, and we see this happening in often poorer communities where um, they don't have the political clout to fight back. So it's just a typical example of pe- people being taken advantage of.
0: No, yeah, absolutely right, um, Jackie. And just to, to add on, as I mentioned in the beginning of this segment, we talk about the outbreak of the Legionnaires disease in the city that has already taken 10 lives and other people are being connected. I wanted to ask our guests, um, is there a connection to the um to the water that was leaching lead and iron, iron into these pipes, and Legionnaires' disease. Like I'm not an expert myself, but I want, an, um, I want to know what, what is the sentiment around that? Do you guys feel like there's a direct correlation between the two?
4: Well, um, I'm not an expert either, but Mark Atwood, who, um, he's from Virginia Tech, and he came up here to actually do the independent water testing to really. Th- share that we do have lead in our water he has a website called flintwaterstudy.org and he really explains Legionnaires and how the the iron is leaching into the water in combination with the lack of chlorine that's in our that was in our water like really kind of created can create like a kind of like a cesspool where Legionnaires could thrive so most of, like, half of those cases were in Flint, so there could be, but because there wasn't any research at the time, it's kind of hard to definitively say that the that that happened, but it could be.
0: I before we go on a quick break, I just want to ask, is the wa- water any safer now? Do people, uh, uh, for, for drinking and for bathing, or is it still the same situation?
4: Well, it's not any safer because the treatment that the city of Flint did, like, actually, like, took out all the biofilm which is the protective layer in our pipes so even though we now we have cleaner water there's still it's still hitting like beer pipes and corrosive pipes and all of our infrastructure has been irrevocably damaged
0: right guys we're going to go on a quick break um, but when we come back we're going to continue this uh, topic about the flint man-made water crisis going on right here in our own country this is let your voice be heard
1: The root all, Even sometimes we get weak. Rise them old days feel like I've been sitting all week. Drunk soul, speaker, so speak of someone. WHCR 94.3 FM, New York. What's the mother play? Check down my check. One body go get me some holy water. Hit a close, straight flex, and We order none of them bottles of that holy water. Make a snow globe. Yeah, yeah, I need me a feel for that holy water.
4: Did you know that 20 to 25% of the homeless population in America suffers from some sort of mental illness? Mental illness is the third largest cause of homelessness among single adults in the US. Substance abuse is also both a cause and a result of homelessness in this country. Both illnesses are problems that plague people in the Harlem community. Organizations in Harlem like Western United provide the homeless who suffer from mental illness and substance abuse issues with housing but the clients need continued treatment to heal. For more information on how you can help Western United, help those who can't mentally or physically help themselves, visit westernunited.org. That's westernunited.org. Rebuilding lives and strengthening communities.
1: HCR 90.3 FM, New York.
0: We are back. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM. The voice of Harlem. My name is Selena Hill. I'm here with Alyssa Fuchs, Jackie Cohen, and Stanley Fritz.
1: I heard that The Weeknd's voice is so high-pitched because some Michigan water spilled on his throat.
3: Is that what happened with the weekend? I heard that Governor Snyder only calls you when it's half past nine and he needs something from you. (laughs) (laughs) From the federal government, like, hey, it's your money to
2: pay. Right. Yeah,
3: exactly. I only call the federal government, but I need something. If not, screw that black guy in the White House. (laughs) Basically.
0: So if you're just tuning in, we were talking about the Flint man-made water fiasco. Emphasis on man-made because even if— officials want to say this wasn't done purposefully it was definitely preventable and we have on the line with us Naira Sharif, she is the co-founder and coordinator of the Flint Democracy Defense League and I know Alyssa had a comment and then a question.
3: Yeah so actually um, if you don't know water and the access to clean and safe drinking water is actually an acknowledged right, a human right. So this is a human rights issue. Um, In July of 2010 the United Nations General Assembly uh, adopted a resolution that explicitly recognize the human right to water and sanitation and acknowledge that clean drinking water and sanitation are essential to the realization of all human rights. Um, the article actually states that the human right to water is indispensable for leading a life in human dignity. So, I mean, this is absolutely a human rights issue and a human dignity yeah. issue. And that is what leads me to my question for our great guests, which is they're saying that this infrastructure problem is something that could take years and years and years to fix. And while right now it is obviously great that people, around the country are pitching in and are sending donations of water and um, you know, thankfully, finally there's been a declaration issued after 17 months of this issue going on that now the federal government's getting involved and the National Guard has been, uh, you know sent in and, you know, people are getting bottled water, but that seems to me like a temporary solution to a a much more long-term permanent problem. And while we can truck in water and we can bring in supplies for now, uh, that doesn't fix the long-term problem of the actual need to fix the infrastructure in order to provide safe drinking water uh, to Flint for years and years to come. So, I mean, once people stop making donations and once people stop talking about this and it leaves the mainstream news cycle, um, what happens next? Like, what is going to happen to the community of Flint over the next uh, year, two years, five years, uh, or at least until this issue is fixed when it comes to water? Because uh, the temporary stopgap measure that's going on right now, it's not something that we're going to be able to sustain for the next five years. So what do you think?
4: Well, Pre- President Obama's emergency declaration is only for bottled water and filters for the next 90 days. So it's not um, including, like, any actual funds coming in to repair the, the infrastructure. So while that's a, you know, like a really good, you know, it's a paper victory, so it doesn't really, doesn't really matter that much. But one of the things that we're demanding is reverse osmosis homes filters for our homes to... To guard us, and it's a more sustainable um, solution than bottled waters and filters, which have an ex- like a horrible environmental impact. So we really need to actually. In one of our other demands is to train Flint residents to assist with some of these jobs that are going to have to come in to actually repair infrastructure.
1: Right. Well. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned it, that you're going to have to go and repair infrastructure. Is it, and just to ask an unfortunate question, is it practical for Flint residents to expect to be able to stay there? Because the infrastructure is isn't in a way in which, from what I understand, it's going to take years to fix that. Can, like, you really expect people, 99,000, 100,000 plus people, to rely on bottled water and filters for the next 10 to 15 years?
4: Well, people have already left. Because of the water, and even before the lead in the water, the fact that we pay one of the highest rates in the nation, and when you cross the city limits, your water, your water bills go like are cut in half, are cut in thirds. So it's already extremely um, like expensive to live here, and they've been shutting people's water off for this toxic water.
1: So they're shutting people's. Water. So would it be like? would is there any possibility of one of the other demands being like giving people like i guess a financial like um uh, i guess a a like sort of a severance package so that they could leave the state because for a lot of families it's not going to make any sense at all to stay
4: yeah one of our demands is a refund for all the water bills and uh, on top of some of the other um things like really ensuring that we have like economic justice for you know the suffering that we're in, and the, and the only reason why we're really zooming in at the state because his appointee, his his agent, like created this crisis through his decisions to save money, and the fact that they care more about balance books more than people's lives. And they were interested They last year our city council voted to go back to a clean water source, and our emergency manager said that that was inconceivable because it was going to cost too much money.
1: Just one more question. Um, I know that in most places, before they make a move like shifting your water, they do an environmental impact study. Was there one done in Flint before they switched to water?
4: Uh, Not really. So there was a, there was in 2011 a study that that really researched like using Flint as a drinking water source, and this was before we received emergency manager, and it was going to be too expensive, but something behind the scenes happened and because governor snyder is one of only two states and like we he's under governmental immunity so we can't foia like conversations or or any communication that may have come from the governor's office unless there was an agency that you can foia so there has been kind of like this wall of silence so we can't we still don't really know the truth and how that happened and what was the conversations and who was in the room.
0: Um, Nayara, I wanted to, to sort of talk about what happens from gov- to Governor Rick Snyder from here on out. I know that You and a lot of the residents are calling for him to be arrested. Some are calling for him to resign uh, for some form of justice. And I also know that this is not just about the water. As I gave some statistics earlier in this segment, you know, Flint suffers from, you know, high uh, crime levels. Um, A lot of people are in poverty, I think 40%. Um, You know, there's not a lot of jobs. There's uh, the loss of manufacturing. And the recession really hit hit this community hard. And it seems like it's just being... Ignored, right? And again, it's it's predominantly uh, black, right? And people there don't have a lot of money. So I, I wanted to ask you, what is it exactly that you you needs to be done um, concerning Rick Snyder here on out, and how do you think this will affect his legacy?
4: Well, I hope Rick Snyder catch all the ills, and for him to actually be brought up on charges and go to jail. Realistically, I'm not sure what's going to happen with that because um, investigations take time. I know that there has been call for a federal investigation um, through the House of Representatives um, investigating specifically the EPA and why they were sitting on the sidelines, why this was happening, and they knew about it, and, um, and now there's going to be investigations. But I, I really want this to be an independent investigation because we have an attorney general finally Friday who said that he was going to investigate this but this was only after like outrage from international outrage and outcries and he he defends the state in court so why is he it's like you investigating yourself so that's not going to be quite quite true with that.
3: Agreed. Right. I actually have a follow-up question, and you may not know the answer to this, but maybe you could speculate a little bit, which is um, Republicans in Congress and the federal government have done a really good job to figure out ways to cut the EPA's budget to essentially you know gut the agency uh, in order to get rid of it do you think that part of the problem was that uh, due to the lack of funding that the EPA had they kind of were not in the position to be able to look into this or do you think it's more of a negligence issue that uh, it has nothing to do with the fact that they were underfunded and that that it just has to do with the fact that they weren't they weren't paying attention to what was going on what's your thoughts on that
4: well I think it's a little bit of both because like even though we're Flint's in, a, in the in the national highlight. Like Flint's not the only community that has um, infrastructure that's you know like lead infrastructure and, and contamination and stuff. And and water is not a human right at the federal level. So we really need to band together to ensure for that to happen because we don't have a constitutional right to water. Water is going to be our water's the black is the goal in the oil of the 21st century. So we need to really make sure that poor people and black and brown people are treated equitably and we don't continue to privatize water because that's like, I mean, that could be a whole other issue. Mm
0: -hmm. You're right about that. And I wanted to ask you, what can, if anything, be done to restore the community's trust in local government?
4: Well, one of our demands is to... For Flint is to restore home rule because we're still under the auspices of an emergency man of the emergency manager law. Because even though our emergency manager officially left, he left a, a city administrator, Natasha Henderson, who basically has all his powers. So we want first home rule, and now he's trying to now Snyder really like all of his actions have been reactionary to the outrage of the community because he hopes to appease us and to make us go away, but we're not going to go away.
0: Definitely. Continue to fight. And how can our listeners support you, your organization, and the communities in Flint in any way? Even if it's with a tweet, let us know how we can follow you, maybe even donate or do anything.
4: Okay, so I have a, I have a laundry list of things. So uh, yeah. we have, there is, uh, what are you fighting for, which is W-A-T-E-R-F-I-G-H-T-E-R-F, well, fighting for. We'll tweet it <laughs> out for you. We'll tweet it out <laughs> for you. Yeah, so there's that. Um, you can follow, like, the whole trend on Twitter using the hashtag Flint Water Crisis. Um, there are, and I don't have the information, but I could probably tweet that out to you, like, where people could do- actually donate water if they really want to. Um, and yeah, I think that's
0: about it. Definitely tweet that and then we'll retweet it so that our followers can get that information. Thank you again so much, Naira, for what you're doing and coming on our show, um, and just your dedication to to your community. And we wish you the best of luck. I just wanted to end off just giving everyone just a final few seconds to close out, um, last final words and remarks.
2: Yeah, I mean, I want to reiterate that water should absolutely be a fundamental right. I mean, if we don't have water, we die, right? Um, and this shouldn't be clean access to clean drinking water Whereas some people may take it for granted, others are struggling to get it and to survive. Um, and it should absolutely be made a fundamental right. Um, it disproport—it's an issue that disproportionately affects, um, people who don't have a lot of money. Um, people who are black and brown. Um, like we said before, and this is definitely something. Um, you know, we need to have an immediate response to this issue in Flint. But overall, this needs to be something that we're looking for. Uh, towards you know, in the twenty-first century, is providing this clean water access to everyone.
3: You know, I was just going to make a point to say that, you know, let People can gripe about how their taxes go to pay for things they don't agree with, and that may be true. There are always going to be something about your taxes that it goes to pay for that you disagree with. But taxes also go to pay for infrastructure, and that doesn't just mean roads. That also means pipes and the things that allow people to get water. And I was going to just end on this is what you get when you vote for Republicans, not saying the people of Flint, but just in general. When people are talking about cutting taxes, cutting taxes, cutting taxes, it sounds good for your own pocket, but it's not good for the community. And then you have a crisis like this, and it's going to cost you far more money to fix. But then we got a comment on Politically Preposterous from Michael Estrello, who says, just like Trump, this guy Snyder was a businessman before he became a governor. If you want to know what the country is going to look like under Trump, just look at Flint. And I think that speaks to my point of this is what you get when you vote for Republicans.
1: I think what we need to remember is that these issues that we're seeing in Flint and other places could have been dealt with a lot easier. When you're talking about infrastructure, when you're talking about things that can affect the environment or communities, it is very important to do an environmental justice analysis and an environmental impact report. Because what those things do, it says, this is what these changes, this is how these changes would affect this community. This is what it could do for these people. These are things you can do to amend that. A simple study, a simple report that the state could have paid for would have told them that this is not a good idea. But they did not want to spend money if you want to know what environmental racism looks like that's what it is when you won't spend a couple of extra dollars because you don't think that people are important enough
0: Thank you so much again for that panel. And I just wanted to close out saying that uh, Flint and this crisis is also a direct result in the fact that nothing is being invested. There aren't enough investments in this community, in the education, in the water, in their safety, in their lives. And it's like basically no one cares. The community is predominantly inner city. It's predominantly minority and it's predominantly or or a large factor of those people. there are living below the poverty level and, We, as Americans, as a society, we can't continue to forget. We can't continue to ignore and push these people to the shadows. Because at the end of the day, that could be us. Flint and Detroit and Michigan was once booming when we had um, the, the, the automobile industry and General Motors was there. It was doing much better not too long ago. But, you know... They lost their jobs, we were hit by a recession, and they lost manufacturing, and now these are the people that live there, and we forgot. And the thing is, when we forget, remember, this could be easily be you. So we need to put the pressure on our officials, on the candidates. They should be talking about this. I wish I was there at the debate tonight, because this. my question would be, if you were president, um, what would you do in Flint, Michigan, today? That question needs to be asked. We're going to go on a quick break, but we're going to come back to the quickie. Paper
4: murder, murder. murder. Black and black murder. Paper re murder. Black and black murder. Uh, this is to the memory of Dam
0: Roy Hen.